is way less happy now than they were 50 years ago. All the research points to it. Why? Because really what we've done is we told everyone, as your life gets easier, the conveniences and the ease of life is going to make you happier. And look at the emerging generation that's coming up right now. Statistically, the most unhappy generation to date with the most conveniences. There's a lot of unhappiness and dissatisfaction these days, and people point fingers at each other, sometimes with good reason. But no matter the reason for this epidemic of discontent, ultimately it comes down to how the individual person chooses to handle it. For the people of God, you'll learn from Pastor Daniel that we have access to help that the unsafe world doesn't have, being able to live as a friend of the one true God. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Psalms chapter 23 as he continues his message, When Life is Scary. Nobody knows what tomorrow is going to bring. Nobody knows what is around that corner. I've always joked that I'm not afraid of dying, I just don't want to be there when it happens. Nobody knows the day and the time of when that last breath, what are the circumstances? We don't know that. Nobody knows what's going to go on tomorrow in you name the circumstance, we don't know what's going to happen. And because of our lack of all-knowingness, we look at the future and we look at uncertainty and we fill in the gap of a lack of knowledge with this is not going to go well. I've never met somebody who when they hit their retirement number of savings when they retire, actually feels comfortable with that number. I've never met someone who achieves their five-year plan that actually feels contented that they got there. Because there's always the next thing that's going to happen, the next circumstance that we don't understand. So fear is normal for a human, and especially when we're in the valley of deep darkness, especially when we can't see clearly what happens next, what could happen, what might happen. Now, remember I told you there's 365 derivatives of do not fear. I just picked out three to read to you. Listen to first, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6. Moses encouraging the people before they go into the promised land, a place they've never been before. Moses says, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them for the Lord your God. He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Listen to Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. It says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Or listen to Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You know, John 14 and Psalm 23 land in a unique place in my heart because remember I told you my mom got sick when I was in college, 
Well, the first time I ever read the Bible was I would read Psalm 23 and John 14 to my mom in the middle of the night and the months before she passed away because she didn't want to go to sleep because she was scared that she'd never wake up. And so, because I was a college student, I was up all night anyway. So I told my grandparents to go to sleep. I'd hang out with my mom. And she was like, would you read this to me? And there was a bookmark in Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And there was a bookmark in John 14. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. But let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. My mom was comforted in those last days in her valley through these words. First time I'd ever read the Bible, those passages. But how can God make the audacious claim that we should not be afraid in a world with such uncertainty and such pain? Well, look at what the verse actually says. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. My friends, God's presence changes everything. See, the reason we should not fear is not because there are not fearful things that may happen. We do not need to fear because God is with us. That even though the future is uncertain, It may be uncertain for us, but it is certain that God is with us and will be with us. Every one of the verses I read to you before, Deuteronomy 31, Isaiah 41, all of those verses, God said, don't be afraid. Why? Because I am with you. Do not be dismayed because I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of courage because I am with you. Jesus says, my peace I give to you because I am with you. My friends, listen. Are you in a valley today? Are you racked with fear about the circumstances that you're going through tomorrow? Listen, the reasons you're fearful is because you do not have full and complete knowledge, but the person who holds all of history and eternity in his hands, who is certain, who knows what will happen, he promises that he is going to be with you. He is with you right here and right now. Matthew's gospel, the end of the Great Commission, ends with Jesus saying, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Brothers and sisters, we need to be people who are very, very aware of the presence of God. Oftentimes, we relegate God's presence to when things are going good. And we have a tendency to forget the presence of God when we find ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death. But David's like, no, no, no. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear any evil. Why? Because you are with me. This reminds me, of course, of Moses and the Lord speaking in Exodus chapter 33, verses 14 and 15. God is talking to Moses about them going into the promised land. And the Lord says to Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then Moses said to the Lord, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. I love that. Moses saying, Lord, if you are not going with us, we don't want to go. And my friends, listen, the big journey for all of us as we come to know Jesus and as we walk with Jesus is being able to cultivate a continual awareness of this reality, the ever-presence of God. 
We have a tendency to think that God is with me when things go well and God isn't with me when things are going poorly or God really loves me when I'm doing well, but when I'm doing poorly, God's love isn't really there for me. I'm here to tell you that is a total lie. God can't love you more and God won't love you less. God's love for you is not dependent upon your performance. God's love for you is rooted in the fact that he is love. Now, what changes as it relates to how we're living is our own awareness of God's presence. The reason sin is so challenging for us is because not only is it our nature to sin and rebel against God, but really what goes on is that when we start to walk in that rebellion against God, it numbs our ability to be aware of his presence. And by numbing out our awareness of God's presence, then it throws everything else off because then we live in more fear and we do more dumb stuff. And obviously when you start in those habits of sin, then you just keep doing it. It keeps numbing you out. Before you know it, you're at a place where your conscience is seared. But what would it look like for us to really embrace the reality that life is not designed to be easy? The life that God has for us in Christ is actually designed to be a place that at every turn, he wants us to become more and more aware of his presence and trust in his goodness, no matter what the circumstances of the day are. Now, I'm going to talk about a couple of things as we kind of finish this message out, that it's going to be a little bit challenging to you if you're a contemporary person, which guess what? All of you are. Okay. Now, I said this before, and and it's so funny, because I realize that for some of you, you see me and you're like, Fusco, you are ancient. Like, you are just an old dude. And I am. And some of you, you're like, Fusco, you are like a baby. Like, you just got here. I always like to say, like, as an almost 50-year-old person, I'm in that bridge. I'm old to some people, and I'm young to some people. So I'm like, I'm in that gap generation right there, right? But I am coming in hot on 50, so it's like, woo, here we go, right? But here's the deal. Contemporary culture believes that life is as it ought to be when everything is easy. And thus, anything that is hard is negative and bad. And here's what I want to tell you. That's a total lie. Because, listen, I love all the progress we've made as a society. I'm a big fan of all the progress. It's a cool thing. But can we be honest? Is anyone happier today than they were 50 years ago? Statistically, America is way less happy now than they were 50 years ago. All the research points to it. Why? Because really what we've done is we told everyone, as your life gets easier, the conveniences and the ease of life is going to make you happier. And look at the emerging generation that's coming up right now. Statistically, the most unhappy generation to date with the most conveniences. Now, I'm not knocking the younger generation. You know why? Because I want to talk to the younger generation for a second. Listen, all of you, look at me. We have failed you. And the reason we failed you is you have been raised to think that when anything is hard, it's bad. And I'm here to tell you, only the best things in your life are going to be hard. The things that you have to work for are the things that really matter. I'm here to tell you, learning anything is hard. You have to be horrible at it before you get better at it. And so because it's hard, hard things should not be wounding. 
But we've taught you as a society that it is wounding because everything should be easy and we have not helped you. So I'm gonna stand here today and what I wanna do is I wanna help put you on firm footing with life. All the most important things in life are gonna be hard. If you want to be a healthy person, it's going to be hard. You have to do a lot of work. You got to get over your own stuff. You got to get over the stuff that you learn. You're going to be spending your whole life on learning all of it. If you want to have a relationship that is even remotely fulfilling, that is going to be really, really, really hard. Your parents tried. They didn't do a good job. And you're going to try, and you're going to have a whole other set of things, and it's going to be really hard. If you want to do meaningful work in life, because I'm here to tell you this whole idea that I'll be happy if I don't work, it's a total lie. You were created to have a positive impact on the world, and that involves work. And I'm here to tell you, doing meaningful work is hard. I praise God I've been called to be a pastor, but I'm here to tell you, pastoring is hard. The number of times I'm like, man, I don't want to go today. (laughs) Can't someone else go do this? Why do I got to be the guy who does this? Like, my bride is my witness. She'll tell you. Some days I'm like, I'm not going. I'm going to fly. I'm not going. I'm I'm just, I'm I'm making a run for the border, not Taco Bell. Like the real border. I'm like, I'm out of here, man. Like, but what I'm reminded is it's hard because it matters. And a good marriage is hard because it matters. And listen, I love being a dad. But raising kids is hard. <laughs> Me and Lynn were just talking about it. We're like, man, maybe one of our neighbors will move. We'll buy their house. We'll put our kids in the other house. <laughs> Some parents are like, amen, that's a great idea. You know, like, we should have done that 20 years ago. And I love these people. They're my persons. But it's hard. And I am sorry that as a society, we told you that things that are hard are bad. I'm here to tell you all the things that really matter are hard. And until we realize that ease and comfort does not equal happiness, the better off all of us are going to be. Now, here's what I want to tell you. You young people, it's not just you guys, because your parents are the exact same way. No, everybody wants it to be easy. Let me give you an example. Back in the day, if you wanted a cup of coffee, You had to take this thing on the stove called the kettle and you had to go put some water in it and you had to turn it on and you had to wait. Like we still talk about it. It's like, you know, it's like take forever, like watching, waiting for water to boil. And so you turn the thing on and this was before you had like super high powered stove. So it would take a little minute. And then once the water boiled, then you'd have this tub of coffee called Sanka which I'm here to tell you is straight up nasty. It's like to take the dirt from your backyard, stick it in the tub. It's got a little caffeine in it. Stick it in the thing. And you pour this stuff in there. It's like, have you ever had coffee? See, even now, you can't even use the gas station coffee analogy because now they got latte machines in there. You know, it's just like sludge in a cup, right? You stir the sludge in a cup and then you drink it. Right? And you're like, oh no, I I like the progress we've made because now you pull up to a drive-thru and you're like, hey, can I get a... Vente, sugar-free, latte, 138.4 degrees, with two pumps of caramel, some peppermint drizzle, 
and a little matcha because I want the antioxidants. Can I have it double cupped? So it's like your coffee is like an owner's manual. And they're like, what's your name? And you're like, my name is Bob. And they spell it like B-O-B-B-B-B-B-B-B-E-E. You know, because it's like giving the whole thing. It's all, you know, and they hand it to you. And if it's not all those things, you get all angry and you're yelling at the person. It's like, who could ever make your drink the way you want it? But what's amazing is, I mean, I'm grateful for the better coffee, even though maybe our inner person doesn't want all that stuff. But that's a different discussion for another day. So the progress is great, but people aren't any happier. And I'm here to tell you, the most important things in life are just going to be hard. And so when you start to realize that God has not promised anybody an easy life, I want you to look around. Go ahead, look around. Head on a swivel. Go ahead. Everyone's life is hard. Now, everyone's life's got different variables. But what we have today is the way our culture works is that your heart is the hardest of all hearts. And if someone doesn't have heart the way you have heart, obviously they're a bad person and they don't get it. And here's what I want to tell you. They're not a bad person. They're as bad as you are, which we're all bad, right? Their heart is not your heart. They have their own set of heart. And the thing is, is all of us are going through hard stuff. So none of our hard stuff is privileged. None of our hard stuff deserves everyone's attention because everyone's got hard stuff. But when you realize that God is not saying, if you follow me, life's going to be easy, you start to realize that when things are hard, our prayer becomes, Lord, this is hard. Help me to grow better, more like Jesus and not bitter because it's hard. And listen, this is my daily prayer. My daily prayer is, Lord, will you change the situation? But Lord, while it's here, help me not to get bitter in the midst of it. Because what we have is we have a culture now is so bitter about everything that nobody is happy. Nobody knows how to have fun anymore. Nobody knows how to enjoy themselves anymore. Everyone's just looking at everyone else. I can't believe that they're like that. Why do they do that thing? And that's so, of course you're like that, you know? And it's like, everybody, listen, the bitterness is eating our culture alive on the inside. And brothers and sisters, I think that the body of Christ needs to be different. I think that we're supposed to show the world that, listen, when you follow Jesus, it's not always easy. Jesus doesn't invite us to go to a spiritual Disneyland where it's slip and slide and it's a small world and it's Epcot Center and all this stuff. He is inviting us to follow him and sometimes he leads us through the valley of the shadow of death. And what's great about life is not that it's easy, but that God is with us. He's with us. I just experienced this, the the grumpiness of society. You know, a couple weeks ago, you know, we had a major catastrophe here on campus. I got hit by a golf cart. It was crazy. Some of you saw this video online. Like, (sighs) let me say this. We love to have a lot of fun here at Crossroads. And if something fun is happening, I'm probably pretty close to it because I'm here for the shenanigans in Jesus' name. Like I always say, I have the spiritual gift of mischief, right? So sure enough, we have this golf cart. Now we have a new golf cart. It's actually a cool golf cart because they stole our last golf cart. Whoever stole our golf cart, we're still waiting for that thing back. That was going to be our off-roading golf cart. But we ended up, the insurance gave us money. We got a new golf cart. And so sure enough, my friend Joe, who works on the safety team, if you see Joe driving the golf cart, run, because he just plowed me over. You should have seen it. He literally just came, ran right into me. And instead of the safety team coming to help me, they all started to jump on in and kick me. Even staff members, they were like laughing, like I'm like laying down, like I can't even move. Actually, that's not what happened at all. If you saw the video, 
Joe's over there. Give Joe a round of applause. There you go. He's the one perpetrator. Joe over here. Oh, and where's Mike? Oh, the other one. Mike gave me a swift kick. Yeah, he's like, yeah, thank you. Everyone just, we'll get you later. <laughs> so we posted, and mostly it was like, they were just driving in. I saw it, and I just decided to be a soccer player and run into the thing and fall down and make noise. And I forgot that there's all security cameras back because they got it all on video. Which made it even more funny because it's like a security camera of watching this all. That's so we posted online, and sure enough, you know what happens? All these people are like all mad at me. I can't believe you posted online, and I'm just like, everyone, lighten up in Jesus' name. Why is everyone upset all the time? But I know why everyone's upset because our culture has no joy because they don't know Jesus. No, if you're a believer, I'm not saying everything should be silly. Not everything is meant to be silliness. But you're allowed to have fun in Jesus' name. And if you're one of those people right now who everything's got you so bound up, the time, it's breathe. <sighs> Laugh a little bit, because the fruit of the Spirit is joy. We're allowed to have some fun. But see, our culture, because everything is so hard, everyone is so bitter, and because everyone is so bitter, nobody knows how to have any fun anymore. And I think that we should be people who walk in joy. But why? Because when you buy the lie that if things are hard, they're bad, you've actually just set up an expectation that's going to ruin your life because nowhere does it say it's all going to be easy. And I'm here to tell you, when you follow Jesus, he put the disciples on the boat and they ran right into a storm. Your Bible is chock full of stories where God takes somebody and he sends somebody right into a problem. But why does God do that? Because when you find yourself in a problem, you learn two things undeniably. What is in your heart and who the Lord is. Nobody ever grows the most on the easy situations. We grow all the hard things. And when we become the people of God's presence, when we know that he's with us, that transforms the valley of the shadow of death into a place where God moves. A place where God changes us and meets us. So we see when we're going through those valleys, when times are scary, we should not fear. We have to remember that God is with us, even if we don't feel like he's with us. And then finally, look at the end of this verse here. It says, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And my friends, in the valley, we need to learn how to embrace God's tools for comfort. We need to embrace God's tools for comfort. Now, the rod and the staff, every shepherd had these two tools with them. The rod was actually designed to protect the sheep from wild animals. And the staff was not only the walking stick, but it was also used to keep the sheep in line and in places of safety. Jesus is Pastor Daniel's teaching today was a reminder that there's a different way to live than the way entertainment and the media are telling you to, and that they'll never tell you that following Jesus is the best way to live your life. It's such a relief to know that throughout the ages, from the time of King David to today, you can serve and have a relationship with a God that's consistently loving and protective of you every day. Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? 
Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page, JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com, click on the Stations option in the main menu, and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Join us again here on Jesus Is Real Radio when Pastor Daniel moves along with a new teaching, Finding Home. He'll be talking about the human desire to find what for them is home. Pastor Daniel will show you what David thought home was and what God considers home for his children. The need we have to discover this home will be discussed. You'll learn how the local church body can be a form of home too. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Daniel continues teaching through this series called Wild. That's next time on Jesus Is Real Radio.